Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. My name is Kevin Clark. I'm a member at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and I, along with Bob Hutto, who's the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, have been conducting this podcast. As those of you who have been with us know, uh, we are in the book of Ephesians. We've enjoyed spending some time with God's Word, making our way through it in bite-sized, digestible pieces. And hopefully you have been encouraged and uplifted by your exposure. We constantly uh, thank the audience for its feedback. There are several people who tell us they're listening, they appreciate the efforts that we're making, and and we just want to tell the audience we appreciate you being there for us. Uh, Bob, do you have any introductory comments you wanted to make on this occasion? Just welcome everybody to the study. We appreciate everybody that uh, is joining us. Appreciate Mark and Jason being with us. I hope that uh, you benefit from studying with us and uh, appreciate you being being. Uh, involved. Amen. Well, we're starting with Ephesians chapter 5. We had a clean break from last time, and uh, I want to entitle this section, Our Behavior Matters. Our Behavior Matters. And the point I'm making is this, is sometimes in the religious world you'll hear uh, something along this lines, that it really doesn't matter how we behave, it really doesn't matter how we conduct ourselves, as long as we have the correct set of beliefs, and we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and, and we go to church, and we have those kind of uh, <clears throat> convictions, if you will. But whether we live out those convictions seems to be a point of contention. And we want to suggest that this passage, the series we're going to read, 1 through 7, suggests that behavior really does matter. So let's just jump into the text and see what God has to say about this subject, does our behavior matter? Uh, Ephesians 5.1, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication, all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them." And before we get into some of the details, I want to just to notice that there is so much focus on behavior, how we act, how we conduct ourselves, starting out saying that we are to imitate God, to be like God. How is that? How we conduct ourselves, how we behave. He says that we're to do so as dear children. Uh, typically, we have the saying, an apple doesn't fall far from the tree, the sense being that the child is like the father, the child is like the parent. So if we're going to be children of God, we need to be like God, we need to react like God, we need to think like God. We need to act like God. And somebody may say, well, how does that look? I don't know how God acts. I don't know how God behaves. Well, the second verse gives you that. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. You almost think about the apostles uh, asking the question about, uh, show us the Father. And Jesus said, have I been with you this long? You hadn't seen I am God. I'm showing you God. My behavior is God's behavior. And we're told here to walk in love. What is that again? Behavioral instruction. Imitate God. Walk in love. Then he starts talking about some things that should not be among the conduct of Christians. Fornication. Uh, unauthorized sexual relations between uh, people, uncleanness and covetousness, which is interesting, called uh, idolatry later on in verse 5. He says these things are not what? Fitting for the saints. What are these things? Again, their behavior. He said there's a certain standard of conduct that those who name the name of Christ should abide by, and this is not it. He goes on to talk more about that. Filthiness should not be part of that conduct. Foolish talking, coarse jesting, 
which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Then he goes on to say, people who are fornicators, unclean, covetous, you know those people? They have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. And what does that mean? No heaven. They're not going to heaven. And what was the basis? He pointed to their behavior. And then he goes on to say, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the things he's been talking about, the fornication, the uncleanness, the filthiness, the coarse jesting, he says, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Why is that? Their conduct, how they conduct themselves, their behavior. Now, obviously, it's deeper than that. You're talking about the mindset, and the conduct is just symptomatic of the mindset. But you can't say that behavior doesn't matter when all through these seven verses, over and over again, conduct is discussed. Verse 7, therefore, do not be partakers with them. Who's the them? The sons of disobedience. They've been talked about in Ephesians chapter 2. Those are the people of the uh, the child of uh, the children of uh, the Satan, basically, the prince of the power of the air. And he says, don't be like these folks. Don't be partake in their deeds. Why? That's sinful. That's disobedience. That's wrong. What is that? That's behavior. So the point, uh, Brother Bob, that, that I wanted to draw just very quickly, and we'll go back in and unpack some of this, is that there is emphasis on our conduct our behavior, how we walk, how we live, how we uh, uphold ourselves, uh, how we use our mouths, how we use our tongues, how we use our bodies, uh, how we speak about things. So don't be uh, engaged in immoral uh, joking and filthy talking or just foolishness. Some people, I read one commentator says, you know, people uh, don't hold anything sacred anymore. Everything's funny. Everything's a subject to a joke. There's nothing sacred. Nothing is uh, uh, sanctimonious. Nothing's to be revered. And, and, and that's not to be fitting for saints. In fact, some of this stuff is not even to be named among the saints. So again, it's pretty clear that God has a standard of conduct for those who are his children, those who bear his name. If we want to be children of God, we must be like God. And the Bible reveals to us what God is like. Bob? Well, you've uh, kind of uh, brought to mind several several things from, from the passage. I'll just pick up on that ver- that phrase in verse three, right at the end. Mm-hmm. There is behavior that's proper for right. saints. That's right. appropriate for saints. Appropriate for saints. Right. Uh, there's behavior that's inappropriate for a saint. Right. Well, what is a saint? Right. Well, a saint is someone who's been sanctified, right. who's been made holy and set apart for God's use. Mm-hmm. And so. It's not appropriate for a person who's been set apart for God's use uh-huh. to behave in a common way right, or right. a vulgar way. It's just right. another way of saying something yes. common. Right. And so uh, there is behavior that's appropriate. If you're a saint, well, then there's behavior that is appropriate to that. Amen. And I just think about lots of different passages yes. as, as you were talking you, you can't find a book that's more theological than the book of Romans. Amen. Amen. But, but even then, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, because of what I've been telling you mm-hmm. up to this point, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable right. to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the Amen. renewing of your mind. And then Amen. he goes on to give some details. That's right. And all of that picks up on what he right. said back in chapter 6, mm-hmm. where we're to present the members of our bodies as instruments of righteousness, mm-hmm. and that has to do with behavior. Right. And so if you're a saint, yeah. if, you, if you've been made holy by God, well, then you need to, as he says in Hebrews chapter 12, pursue right. holiness in your conduct. And right. he specifies some things here to right. avoid, to put away, and there, 
there are in other passages uh, characteristics that we need to mm-hmm. incorporate mm-hmm. as is appropriate for someone who calls himself a saint. Amen, amen. And it's interesting, uh, whether or not we comply with this standard has eternal consequences. Because again, verse 5, he says, For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an adulterer has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. I was reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, a very similar passage in terms of what it talks about and the eternal consequences. And 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that's one of our words, nor idolaters, that was one, covetousness is idolatry, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, again, one of our words from Ephesians 5, uh, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And so he says here in a rhetorical way, don't you know this? And over in Ephesians 5, he says, you do know this, that people who behave in this way are not going to go to heaven. Very clear. And to add to that just a little bit in verse uh, verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the no, wrath yes. of God Amen. comes upon the sons of disobedience. Absolutely. A subject we don't like to think about very much. I mean, we think about God's omnis- mm-hmm. omniscience, and it's just sort of uh, 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 his, his well of blessings. You know, it has, has no bottom to it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just a bottomless well of blessings, and we don't like to think about God's wrath Amen. and the infinite quality of his wrath. Right. And, and, but it's very clear in, in, the, in the New Testament. Here's a passage that talks about God's wrath. And uh, it, it will come upon mm-hmm. those who practice these that's things, right. who partake in these things. That's right. So this is something that's very serious. We need to think very carefully about it and think about our lives in light of right. what he's saying here. And think about this. Uh, who is he talking to? He's talking to Christian people. And so this warning applies to Christian people, meaning that just because you have entered into a saved relationship with God doesn't mean that you'll always be in that relationship no matter what you do. In fact, that's the very opposite. If that were the truth, what he's saying here makes no sense. He's saying, look, because you are children of God, you need to be careful how you behave yourselves. And if you don't, you're going to find yourself under the condemnation of God himself. I think that's a very powerful concept. Uh, And so we need to think about what do we talk about? Do we talk about things that are fitting for saints? Uh, how do we joke? Do we joke in a way that's fitting of saints? How do we use our bodies? Uh, some people say, well, you can use your body any way you want to. No, you can't because it belongs to God. You have to use it in a way that's fitting for saints. There is a way that's proper or fitting, and then there's a way it's improper. We have to examine our lives and see. And, and I, as I was studying this, I started thinking and making sure that the things I say and the way I conduct myself, you know, and it's not saying we can't have some levity from time to time. It's not saying we can't uh, have some laughter and, and that sort of thing. But we have to be careful what we laugh about and, and what we're and how we conduct ourselves. We don't want to be mean-spirited. We don't want to be uh, in, in, taking making fun of people in a way that hurts others. Uh, we don't want to make light of things that are spiritual and are very important. Uh, you never want to make light of God or the Son of God or His sacrifice. Sometimes you hear that with these stand-up comments and things of that nature. They want to make fun of everything right. that's religious and people's convictions. We don't want to do that sort of thing. So not you know, we live in a society that, that really thinks everything goes. You know, we, we, Nothing is sacred. We can make fun of everything. No, there are certain things that don't need to be made fun of. We, we need to strive for a higher plane in our, in our speech, in our conduct, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I mentioned just a moment ago, uh, vulgarity yeah. is on the, the rise. It yes. may not be considered yes. profane speech or right. obscene, uh, obscene speech, may not be taking the Lord's name in vain, 
but it's it's vulgar. Yes. And so that's not that's not befitting someone who right. is set apart for God's use. You know, there there are all sorts of implements in the temple. You know, in connection with the mm-hmm. sacrifices, there were there were uh, pans and shovels and censers and and those were holy. It would be unthinkable for someone to think, well, you know, I, I I'm. I'm digging a ditch today and my, my shovel handle broke, but you know, there's a shovel up there at the temple. I'm going to go get right, that right. and I'm going to dig my latrine no. with it. You know, <laughs> that would just be unthinkable right, right. Uh, because that shovel has been sanctified in a sense, set apart for God's use. Right. Well, we don't want to take ourselves exactly. set apart for God's use right. and become vulgar and profane and obscene. Uh, in our our language or the subject matter that we're talking about, Amen. And so we need to just really be careful about those things. And and you know, one of the things we said before, I know I've been focusing, or we've been focusing on behavior, but not to the exclusion of the attitudes that motivate that behavior. And we saw that at the very inception mm-hmm. of our reading, verse two, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. It reminds me when Jesus was asked about what's the greatest commandment, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 40, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On all these hang all the law and the prophets. And so essentially you can go through the entire Bible and every command falls under one or the other or both of those commands. And so these things we're saying about not engaging in fornication, well, part of that is because of your love for God and your appreciation for what he's done for you. And he says, be holy for I am holy. And so I love him enough that I'm going to conduct myself in a way that excludes that behavior. I'm not going to be engaged in that. But also, I'm not going to lead my fellow man into sin uh, by engaging in that conduct. Uh, a young man engaging with a, a, another woman or woman in that conduct, that would be leading her into sin. And so that's not loving her. You're not looking at her for her best interest. You're selfishly wanting to gratify the lust of the flesh. So that's just a long way of saying that a lot, all sin, uh, you can counteract it with love. If you truly love God enough and you truly love your fellow man, it's going to exclude that whole swath of conduct that is characteristic of the sons of disobedience. And the standard, as you see in verse 1, walk in love just as Christ right. loved you. That's, That's right. always the standard. You can see it back in chapter 4 and yes. verse 32. Yes. Be kind to one another, yes. tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ forgave you. Absolutely. Uh, you, 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 we are to love as completely as God loves, Amen. Matthew chapter 5. So that we will be sons of God. That's right. Uh, Whoever has this hope set on him purifies himself Mm -hmm. as he is pure. Amen. God is the Father and God the Son. They're always the standard. We don't compare ourselves with others. Right. But we're looking to God and trying to raise the level of our our behavior and our thinking so that we can be truly what sons and, and daughters of God ought to be. Amen. Well said, brother. We've run out of time here. We appreciate your time with us. Just remember that truly our behavior matters. There are things that are fitting for those who are the children of God, and there are things that are not fitting. And we want to examine ourselves and make sure we're doing the things that are fitting and avoiding the things that are not. We always end with a word of prayer. And so, Brother Bob, I ask you to lead us sure. in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your word. We're, we're thankful that you have revealed it to us. It's been preserved for us that we can read it and we can understand it and we can learn what you would have us to know and to do and what we ought to be in order to be pleasing to you. We're so thankful that you're interested in us, each one of us, and that we can please you, that you're not uh, so distant from us, that you are not 
Uh, you're far removed from our lives. You're, you're close. You're interested in us and what we do matters to you and that we can please you. Help us, Father, to examine ourselves and to eliminate those things in our lives that are not befitting a saint, someone that you have made holy and, and someone that you've made appropriate fitting for your own purpose. And so help us, Father, to watch what we say, to be careful what we do with our hands and our eyes and our ears, and be careful uh, of our influence on others so that we don't pull them into wrongdoing as well. Help us, Father, to see things clearly, to see your will for us clearly, and give us the strength and the determination to do it. We're thankful for the gift of your Son, that he has come, and that he has shown us the way in his life, and that he went to the cross to atone for our sins. May we ever keep that great sacrifice in our minds, and may we uh, develop the kind of love for you, for him, for one another, that you have shown to us in him. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.